Welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Your hosts, Stephen, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins, and let's drop in. Welcome, freelancers, to episode 101 of the Freelancer Codex podcast, the longest-running podcast on the internet in all of the anthem of creation. The longest-running anthem podcast. Anthem podcast. Probably not the longest-running podcast. Is that what I said? That's what you say that. So when we hit 101, we figure, like, it's time to just give up. Who cares? Yeah, we're probably not the (laughs) longest-running podcast. I think Major Nelson always says that they're, like, the longest-running podcast ever. Um, even though like Major Nelson, anytime he records, it's like, you know, six months in between recording. So I don't know if he can really say that, you know, he's just like, I mean, yeah, what's, what's the IGN one around like 380 something episodes. Yeah. But I mean, I well, listen to a that, daily that's, podcast that's on a, like 1700. So well, yeah, and, it, and it depends on, it depends on what your definition of longest running. I mean, if you do a podcast a, once a year for, you know, 27 years, then that's, 27 years worth of podcasts that's true i guess you would have to figure out like the origin and the like when did podcasts actually start i mean i guess it they started calling them podcasts when the the uh, ipod came out because it's like oh it's on your ipod man imagine like a world without the ipod is that where, where would that we came be? from yeah that's where pod came from that's where any, really yeah because you had a podcast I, I on I, your ipod i thought it was referencing a pod of whales yeah, that's so you cast in your net to catch a pot of whales. So they're like, a bunch of fishermen were talking, and we're like, we talk all the time when we cast these nets to catch these pods. We should call no, it a no. podcast when we no, talk. The, big net the, the whales, the whales <laughs> come from like the sounds that they make, and you know, the pot of whales just casting sounds, and people can listen or people can't, you know, and it's you know, to he's each other. That that's what he's he's not giving. Who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to anthem. <laughs> so we're... I, I think I think my I think my version is better. Oh, okay, I've I don't even know what to say. I I've got nothing. What can you say about such men? So this is not a special episode. Obviously, this is just episode one hundred and one. After you do one hundred, you can just phone it in and you can start releasing podcasts and just be like back in episode one. It's like okay, so who else is gonna you know make a hundred and one episodes talking about anthem? No one. Obviously, we're the only ones. I mean, if people have tried to come close, I guess. But anyway, we're here, and you know why we're here? I'll tell you why we're here. First, because we have an awesome community. That continues to support us. They continue to say, hey, we, for some reason, like it when you talk about this game. And we want you to keep doing it. So, Iron Aquila became a patron this week. And so did... um, So, I I don't know how to say um, Socket. I I think it's Socket69. I played with Socket a bunch of times. We run a lot of the Cataclysm with Alaska. Um, Great freelancer. Um, But I don't know. S-A-K-U-T. Socket69. Sackit. Sakut, I don't know. 
I'm terrible with pronunciation, but we've played got two, him a bunch of times. But you don't have to say his name. But I mean, we like we never talk. We've Come never on. we've never had to talk. We've it's always been There's no a, communication needed. You guys are just so on point, insane. and we really are. I have actually played a lot of the Cataclysm with a bunch of the community members, and we don't need to talk. We can just get it done. Unlike playing with you guys, where there's a lot of struggles. But other than that, I mean, we'll solve that <laughs> oh today. We will fix the struggles wah, that wah. we had running the Cataclysm. Wah, wah. But seriously. Um, the community is amazing thank you guys for becoming patrons it means a ton to us for a podcast that is just like hey let's get on let's talk you showing us that support is amazing if anyone else would like to support us they can do that at patreon.com slash freelancer codex um julius devon says they cannot hear you in the chat yeah i'm looking right now so i wonder if jai can you hear everyone over on the mixer side maybe it's just a youtube problem this should be able to hear me now should be able to hear you. I now. updated the software and it reset my microphone. Ah, <laughs> uh, that don't you love it when that changes to a different microphone? So it yeah. it is very frustrating when, when that happens, um, especially yeah. because it's like I didn't even I just breathed on it, so Julius can can hear you now. So so thank you to all the people that are over in our chat listening. Um, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, Jai is here for the first time. You can hear everyone, so it's great to have you all here. So if you want to support us, you can do that at patreon.com slash freelancer codex. Um, you can pitch in whatever you want. If you want to throw, you know, 20 bucks our way a month, you can do that. If you want to throw in a dollar, I think the minimum is a dollar. So if you want to throw in a dollar, support us, you know, do that also. We will, we appreciate everything that you guys give to us, and we just hope to give back by being entertaining and talking about whales, apparently. So also, if Dude, you don't knock the whales. So I watched a show one time about whales. Oh my gosh, um, I know what show you watched about the whales. Do they have whales in Anthem? They they, they have, have to. They've got turtles. Well, it's true that They've you got have huge giant Do you think they call bodies them of water. Turtles? So <laughs> that was actually my question. Um, because it's very possible, like when we first saw the turtles and I tweeted it out to Mike Gamble, he's like, Oh, you found the turtle. It's like, okay, so did this get transported from another world? Because that is the like the turtle comes directly from you know, from our world. And everything right. else over there has two tails, and that turtle doesn't definitely does not have two tails. So it's gotta be it a turtle. Look mutated. No, the yeah, cataclysm had turtle. to brought it in so that's i that's, i that's I, I, thought you're, I thought you were going to continue I, with your whale story i am going to continue with my whale story so you're trying to cut him off so we don't have to keep going there. hey jd's here whales? you guys never let me talk it's okay please tell me go your ahead. whale story or do you want to save no. it for later no, okay we'll ahead. save your whale story for later you were gonna you were gonna talk about what i forget what, the, what was that show called whale hunters whale survivor whale whale, whale watcher whale, whale wars so, whale wars. Yeah, yeah whale wars is weird because the were they warring against you know, trying the to stop the big ships? Yeah, Greenpeace. Yeah, you give you give you give a nineteen-year-old a giant ship, and what is he going to do with it? <laughs> anyway, um, I, sorry, I'm going to hold uh, it in. All right, um, focus. Here we okay, go. another thing that you we have been doing. I have problems. Shut I'm up. On a medication. Both you. you guys. Shut up. You have problems. You have problems. Okay. Uh, please stop. Steven, are you going to get centered here? I on, hope so, so much. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can't do it. It's not going to happen, is it? We apologize for the beginnings of episode 101. Okay. We thank you all for being with us this long. Okay, stop. I got fun. it. I got it back. I'm like um, Jimmy Fallon in, in SNL. I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, shout out no, to shut, shut up. 
Oh my gosh. All right. Sh- so, guys, um, shut up and respawn. It's a new show that we're doing. So, these whales, right? They don't have teeth, they eat krill. They're the largest animal. Are they animals? Oh mammals? This is the, the longest whales. running at the podcast on the internet. Um, we are we have started a new show called Shut Up and Respawn. If you go to shutupandrespawn.com, it is posted there. Episode 2 just went up this week where we talk about the game For the King, which is a game by an indie developer. Um, go check that out. If you support us here, if you enjoy the banter, if you enjoy Whale Talk, head over there and we can talk about a lot more things over there. So please do that. We appreciate everyone that's here. Thank you for you know surviving this opening of episode 101. All right. So news that has happened. Really only two Two new things have happened um, in the Anthem realm. Um, we have a new event in the Cataclysm. So they opened up. So we decided that we're in week number four of the Cataclysm. They just we decided o- that. Yeah, we did just now. Um, Brian from Hit Start Gaming, welcome. Um, so they opened up the Crucible of Astrid. Astrid? Astrid. I, f- I call it Astrid for some reason. I don't know why I have that stuck in my head. But it's Astrid. So this is the sixth event that they've opened up. We only have one more event that's going to go live next week. And with this week's update, we have the new event that we will talk about. But also, I think that more importantly, we received weapon war chests this week mm-hmm. that and nine mm-hmm. new weapons. So there's nine new legendary weapons and the masterworks that go with those also. So we're going to talk about that. So, Devin, can you give us a rundown? Because during the PTS, this is an event that I normally did not do. I would go do a different event. While other people were completing this one. So I didn't have a lot of experience with the Crucible of Astrid. Can you give us a breakdown on this event? This event we also call the laser. Because there's a giant effing laser in this event. Yeah, you have to use two different lasers in this event, right? So um, it's it's basic. So as you go in, there's a a shield. You know, it's not really a shield. But what do we call those? Since they block, you know, they they make your echoes disappear, right? So, I mean, it doesn't shield you from going in or block you. <laughs> so the first thing you got to understand is there's a shield, but it's not really a shield. <laughs> we what cannot do this all episode. A force, a force field. A so, no, yeah, um, a field. It's no, a field. Faye, Faye calls it a, a field, barrier? yeah, or a barrier. I think yeah, that's what Faye calls it. Okay. She's like, yeah, so there, there's a barrier, and behind that barrier, there's four echoes that you're gonna need to complete the puzzle. Right, so you get in there, you need to grab an echo that's over by the other barriers. Right, take it from there and put it over by the laser, which will then turn it and open up the other barrier with the four uh, echoes. So what you have to do is you get get those echoes and you have to take all those echoes in past the other two barriers. So this is this really takes three people uh, to do it because you need to have two people on the inside of the puzzle. Um, I mean, I guess technically if you have two of the weights in there, one interceptor or a storm could do the inside. By themselves, no, I, I've tried it, and that the plate actually takes a little bit longer to activate. So I think you're right. You need a minimum of three. Like four is well, ideal, but minimum when, of three. Yeah. Well, when we go in there, I always do two plates as the interceptor, and hmm. like I have the other person just down there. But if we just put the second weight on there, I could do it by myself. Gotcha. So there's two weights on the outside, and you could basically take them in, set them on the pressure plates, and then you have to once you have all four echoes in there, there's a laser that you're trying to activate. And you do that by activating all four of the pressure plates. It's not a laser. Um, it's a little light bulb that blinks. 
Nope. What's sure. with him? But then it goes out there, <clears throat> and you have to turn it on. There's uh, a switch, basically, right there. It's a big icon that shows you where to go do it. Brings it up. It breaks it. And then you can just kill the uh, the crystal there. Yep. It's, not, it's not very difficult. No, it's not very difficult, but you do definitely need people that know what they're doing and a little bit more communication. Because I don't think this puzzle is as, like innately intuitive as the others are the others you can kind of look at them and see okay this goes here this goes here um and maybe it's just because i haven't spent a lot of time with it i mean do you think this is one of the easier puzzles Devin, or do you think this is one of like on the more difficult side um i think it's easy one of the easier ones uh, obviously the first time you're going through because you've already gone through other puzzles with barriers and those kind of things you should have an understanding of how to complete it Right, because this is the fourth week, right? That's what we decided mm-hmm. earlier. This is the fourth yeah. week. We've already gone through two different puzzles that have similar barriers or obstacles that you have to go through and accomplish. Um, and they're just kind of combining multiple pieces from different puzzles into the one puzzle, which is which is fine. But I think it's actually a really easy one to do. I mean, if you have three people, obviously even one person could just be mopping up the ads, and you can have another person. Because if you're in the Cataclysm and you're trying to get the most score, you're going to be splitting up because you need to be doing more than one thing at one time. It just doesn't leave you enough time to get everything done that you want. Uh, obviously, when all the events are, are in there, you'll have more time. you got another event coming up next week, which I enjoy that one. Um, so, Yeah, and I, yeah. And, and I think as they add more and more of these, there's been a lot of talk about, hey, you know, these are too hard to complete without a group, without communication. Um, I think because of the way that the Cataclysm is structured, if you are continuing to play throughout the whole event, I would hope that as you run with certain groups where you're like, hey, this was a really good run. These people knew what they were doing. You know, maybe be able to reach out to those groups, send them a message, say, hey, you know, add me on your friends list. This is the, if we're running at the same time now, chances are you'll run at the same time in the future. Like, create those groups of good players. Because, I mean, I understand that it could be really frustrating going in and playing with people that don't exactly know. And there are definitely people that go in to, A, just farm the first chest for legendaries on Grandmaster 3 and then leave. And then there's people that are a little bit under-leveled that I don't know if they think that going in will increase their chances of getting better gear to level up quicker. So they go in expecting a team of three to kind of carry them. So those are a couple frustrating things. But I think if you played enough times, you'll find these groups and you'll find these people that um, you work well together without having to communicate too much. And I know this is just like people like, well, there should be communication. We shouldn't have to jump through these hoops. I mean, you know, World of Warcraft Classic launch today or this week and you look back and you remember like how communication was in that game and if, you know people managed to get 40 people together to take down anixia you know back then i mean we can get three people in a group to take on the cataclysm i think but right you know team up with people um there's a couple of guides online you can look at youtube and just look up um crucible of astrid event um ruby javelin has some great write-ups over on the EA forums, or, and those are the write-ups that we've been using kind of to go through the Cataclysm. So there's a lot of good 
ways to get that information and figure out what to do. Like, I don't expect people to go in for the first time and know what to do. I just don't. Um, usually I'll go in and if it looks like people are, you know, headed that way, I'll go with them. If they are avoiding that area, most likely it means that they don't feel comfortable doing that. So we'll just go, you know, you take a little bit of hit on the crystals, but you at least complete the event and you get you know, at least you come out with some crystals instead of trying right. to, you know, bang your bang your head against a wall that because you can't do that one solo. So, I mean, you kind of get what you get and you don't throw a fit. So nice. And, and that's news. Then I think we'll talk a little bit more about the weapons um, later on. But the other big news that we had is the statue that we talked about a while ago that was shown off during one of the trade shows, the one sixth um scale statue of the ranger that is actually going to be released in the future and that's from three zero blog i think that's who's making it and those are right now currently it says that, that, that it's coming soon and the prices on a lot of their other products are around 200 250 dollars so i'm guessing that's going to kind of be the price Uh, a similar price point so i'm kind of excited for this i'm definitely going to be picking one up because i mean the javelins are super super awesome looking and i'm excited to have you know a statue of it so when that comes out we'll let people know and then maybe we'll do like an unboxing or a little review of a statue because you know what i'm kind of i kind of enjoy statues i have a bunch of giant robots in my office at work um i've kind of in an industry where people look at me weird for having that kind of stuff but i'm like whatever dude you have your boring pictures you have your pictures of deer i'll have my your kids yeah you have your pictures of your kids i've got my statues i also have pictures of my kids in my office they're just behind the giant statues so they're behind they're hidden behind the statue all right so i want to talk about some tips so we have a community member um tarva random is actually not native English speaker. And I talked to Tavara Random um, on Discord and kind of asked if they would want to come on and talk about the Cataclysm because he's actually running a guild on the PC that they have a bunch of members are generally in the top ranks of the Cataclysm. So they're usually on the top of the boards. I think this week, um, I'd have to look. I haven't looked to see where they're ranking now. But last week they were, I think they were in the top 10. And the first week their their guild actually made the top of the leaderboard. So they have a lot of, I was asking, you know, like what what are you doing in order to get these high scores? Because for a lot of people, if you're not playing with a group, it's kind of hard to do that. So a couple of tips that Tavar Random gave is, you know, as much as you can, don't pop the bubble that kills your multiplier. Even if you're going to go down, if you're with a group, they can just come res you and pick you up, and that takes a shorter amount of time um, to get you back up than popping the bubble and having to wait. I think it's is it it's almost a minute before the bubble comes um, before the yeah. before it comes back. I've never the timed ball. it before the ball comes back because they generally don't have to worry about it. So you know, have someone res you before you pop the bubble. Um, respawn yourself into the nearest safety bubble if you need to do that because that you know. That's still probably going to take less than a minute um, for you to go respawn and then come back and do what you're doing instead of losing that multiplier. Because every little bit helps when you're going for that high score. Even if you're killing some ads, like, you know, that that, that 20 points, eventually it's going to be a lot higher than that. And if you keep shooting the bubble and losing that multiplier, your score is going to go down. You're not going to hit those top ranks. So if you want to hit the top ranks, try to manage that in a couple different ways instead of, oh, I'm getting really low, shoot the bubble. 
because I don't know if a lot of people know this, is that our our battery packs that we have, it's not all the same um, across all four Javelins in, in the event, right? So Devin's, Devin's battery could be completely full while mine is completely gone just because you've been picking up orbs, you've been shooting all the ads and you know getting it that way, or you've been inside of the safety bubble. So if I feel like, oh, I'm going down, it's like, well, that doesn't mean that everyone else around you is going to go down. You know, I could go down, you res me back up and then we're good to go. You know, me shooting the bubble, all it does is, you know, we waste a minute of multiplication time. So that's what it does. It kills the multiplier. Right. So do whatever you can to not do that. I mean, it's not, there's no penalty for going down, right? If there's someone, I mean, if you're with a group of randoms, you know, with the icons now indicating when people are down, they'll probably come res you. So, you know, be patient, Mm -hmm. try not to shoot it. Don't lose that multiplier. A um, couple other hints. There, are, you know, there are a couple different ways, and I need to talk to him about this because there's there's different ways to kill the Valkyries outside of the bubble after you spawn them. Um, these are things that I still need to figure out to push those higher levels. But there are ways to kill the Valkyries and manage, like you know, if you if you if you're shooting the Valkyrie outside of the bubble, your multiplier is going up. Um, I think I think the the uh, interceptors have an easier time of doing this with their abilities, um, from what I've been told. So, I really need to go in and figure figure all that out. So, a couple of little hints and tricks. You know, all the elementals that are around the map, kill the elementals. Wait till the end, but kill the elementals. Like by the time you're at twelve, you know, twelve times multiplier, they're worth six hundred points each. Like it's a lot of points, and they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like take the time, kill them. Especially when you're collecting echoes on echo plates, um, there there's a lot of points there. You know, all the bombs and all the rocks. Learn the locations. There's an orange note inside each of those, and those are worth a ton of points. So you know, figure out where those things are, find them, have a couple people you know working on Vera while people are out there hunting for points, because you really need to manage that you know that Vera time. Right now, it's a little bit easier to kill Vera because of the new weapons that we have are pretty powerful if you get really good rolls on them. And they do a lot of damage to Vera. So it seems like scores are even going to be getting better as people keep finding these new weapons. So just a couple of different little tips and tricks. I mean, Mike, Devin, are there other little tips and tricks that you guys know of that I that I skipped out on that people should know? There's also the plates that you can get another orange orb from or note mm-hmm. that you can get that. Make sure you do the Grabbit King layer. Make sure you kill all the Grabbits. Get all the time extensions. Wait, wait till the end to get those because they're worth more. Let me do that. Um, yeah, and then just kind of know how to get around the map faster. Learn the teleporting routes, and uh, don't go into those bubbles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and if you need a map, if you don't know where to get a map, I mean, join our Discord. Go to freelancercodex.com. Click on their Discord link. Go into there. We have a cataclysm tab in there that has a map it doesn't have my, the map currently i do not have all of the bomb locations but i have the majority of all the big point stuff so if you know where those locations are and if you say hey update this map steve i'll go ahead and do that also so there's a couple of tools and tips out there that you can use to to pump up your score and you know by the end of this by the end of the event um next week we're going to have all seven events open i mean we're going to be able to just bring in those crystals like crazy um depending on what war chest they have open at the end of this event um i think that'll really i i i really i really want them to open up every single war chest at the end of the event um (laughs) because i did not get a legendary support 
Um, and I really want to have that opportunity to be like, all right, this is like the maximum time to farm crystals from this event, whether you do it on GM2 or GM3. Um, you can break in a lot of boxes that way. And, you know, having the opportunity at the end to be like, okay, I didn't get this from, you know, from, from week number two. I would like to get it now. I think that would go a long way to help players like feel like they're being rewarded for their time and not being punished for missing out on a week. Because that's one thing that Devin, you know, always, always says. It's like, we don't want to play on your time. Um, so I think them opening up box every war chest at the end would kind of help mitigate that feeling of betrayal. Right, Devin? Uh, yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, what, I don't know. They've, they've talked about playing your own way, and then now it's, you know, you have to play when we tell you you can play. Because if you don't, you're just going to miss out. And so when they do those kind of things, we're just like, well, fine. F you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you say? <laughs> no, I just, it's it really pisses me off when they're trying to dictate my time because it's my time. Um, you know, when you're not, I mean, there's always still the choice. They're still giving you the choice, but when you have time limited, you know, really time limited of only like a week, you know, the cataclysm is a time limited event, but it takes place for over a month and a half. Right. So there's plenty of time to play. And, um, but a week, it's like, you could be gone or you could be doing something else, different things. And you have to play basically on their time when they're telling you I like how they can see a thieves. They have time limited events, but those are a month. It's for a full month. So, you know, okay, this is the amount of time that you have to get it, but everything that you can get is available that whole month. It doesn't just like split it into weekly things to make it worse. I know they're trying to do that to at least get us to play more often as my opinion or, or what I'm guessing they're doing, but that doesn't really help. Um, in my case, because it just pisses me off and makes me be do like, you, all right, whatever. Do you think a week <laughs> is? Do you think a week is too short? Do you think a week is like if you were if you were to say, hey, this is how we need to do this? I mean, what what would you change from how the war? I would just war leave, I would just leave them out? in there for the entire event. I would add them in slowly. I mean, you don't have to have them all the them at time, once, right? But like once it goes in there, you leave it in there for the rest of that event. And so even on the very last one that they add in, you would still have two to three weeks, which is long enough because I think a week's too short. Two weeks, I think, is long Maybe enough that it's, long, pushing it. that, it's, that it's not that it's not short enough that if you are busy that you can't get to it. You know, two weeks still gives you enough time that you can at least try and get to it. I mean, one week, yes, you can still try and get to it, but people's lives are busy. You know, we can't all, all play the all the time so right hmm. yeah because i mean that that's a tough balance because you do want i mean anthem's thing with their with their featured store it's they want you to be like oh this is this is my three-day window or this is my four-day window to go in here and get this thing so that's kind of their draw that's how they want to get people playing right so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah because even if it and, it and it's tough because we don't know what's going to happen after this event we don't know if the cataclysm just goes away for for forever. I I doubt that's what happens, but it, I mean, there's been no confirmation of that. There's been no yeah. one saying, "Hey, guys, we've got more after this." Um, because I mean, we went from from the sunken cell until the cataclysm was how many days? I think it was how many days was it? 
Well, I don't even. I mean, it was long, wasn't it? Um, it felt long. I, I can ac I can actually tell you because I have all this written down. So week one of the cataclysm was eight six nineteen, and then sunken cell was four twenty three oh nine. So if we do math, this is like super awesome <laughs> podcasting for episode one hundred one. So we started off strong. What's one twenty eight minus? So it's a hundred and five days in between sunken okay. cell and cataclysm. Wow. So I mean that's what three and a half months. Yep. If I do yeah. math correctly. So if it's a long time. Yeah. So I mean that that really has you you kind of have to think of it in, in those terms, right? So if you're going to have a six-week event and then you're not going to have anything for... I mean, we don't know, so this is all just speculation. And that's what we built our entire empire on is speculation. So that's what we do <laughs> is, you know, it, it, it's tough to just be like, all right, now this is all going away. Because I have actually had a lot of fun in the Cataclysm. Um, yeah, it's very fun to play. Uh, I enjoy playing it. I've played it a bunch with a couple of the community members. Playing with you guys has been a lot of fun. Um, there's been some frustrations with war chests and stuff, but it's like, well, I don't want to go back to playing the Heart of Rage after this, right? Because if this yeah. goes away, then that's what I'm doing because I still need to get my Champion of Tarsus um, thing completed. And that's one of the easiest ways to do that is to farm strongholds. So like knowing that, okay, if this is gone and that's what I have to go back to, that's kind of a hard pill to swallow. Um mm -hmm. But we'll just well, kind of have to see. Have to, I mean, you have to wonder what what are they going to do because right now you can't get that level eighty gear anywhere else. Anywhere else, correct. And so you ha you have to play the Cataclysm. You have to play their loot box. You know, RNG BS. And um, yeah, so it's like I'd be fine if you had the opportunity for it to drop elsewhere. But it's also, I mean, it's we've we've discussed this before. But what are they going to do when it's over? That's just the whole thing. It's like they're they're not communicating what's going to happen, right? I mean, this should be more than enough time for them to communicate and tell us, okay, hey, we've got two weeks left of the cataclysm. This is what's going to happen after the cataclysm, you know? Right. I mean, or I mean, maybe they're like, oh, there's story stuff, so we don't want to tell you about it, or you know, so we don't want to spoil it. But I don't know. I mean, even they haven't even dropped any like vague hints or what's going to happen after no and, and 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 that can be tough because do you really want to like hey we're in the middle of of this event guess what's coming next i mean i can see how you would want to like start hinting at at those things or maybe at the end of the cataclysm there's some story beats that hint at what's coming next and maybe when right. the event is over after they kind of do a wrap up and say hey this is you know what we learned this is what's coming next this is when you can i mean maybe we get another roadmap at the end of this because if we don't get a roadmap and we don't know where we're going, that'll be kind of a bummer. So maybe that's that's what they do. Maybe they introduce us to the new face of Anthem now that Ben's gone. Um, and they say, hey, this is where we're going next. Um, this is what we've been working on. Um, I hope that I can. I imagine that they've been working on something. I can't imagine they haven't been working on anything. That would be a bummer. But so, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's. And the same thing with Anthem that we've said a bunch of the a bunch of times is that all these dominoes you kind of have to put all these pieces together before you can make an opinion because it's hard to make an opinion based on one thing right because we don't yeah. see the full picture um, and as much as we would like to um, we just don't so we speculate all right so I actually want to talk to you guys about the weapons so we've had nine new weapons we've got three new volt casters three new blade slingers 
And three new, uh, what are the other ones called? We have Vault. Pulse Blade Accelerators. Saber. Pulse Accelerators. So, Mike, yeah. you have had a chance to play with a couple of them. Um, some of them in their legendary form, some of them in their masterwork form. Do you have a Correct. favorite already? I do. My favorites um, are the uh, Blade Slingers. What about the Blade sing- Slinger? That's what they're called, right? Yeah, they're Blade I, Slingers. I just, that's what his favorite is. Do what? Julius agrees with you in chat on YouTube. Yeah, I agree with Julius. They're just fun because because they're they're not something that I've used in any other game. I mean, I've had pulse accelerators where it's a beam, or so the pulse accelerators are you charge it and then it shoots your things, and then the uh, what's the other one? The volt casters. The volt casters, yeah, where it just kind of shoots the beam. Like uh, I don't I don't really like those very much. They're they're not the play style that I want. But the blade caster, blade slingers, um, they're just fun. It's because I picture, I picture you know building a gun in my workshop using circular saw blades, you know, and I get to spin them and throw them at things, and they bounce around and they hit stuff. Like, like that's just cool to me. Very they make dangerous. A cool sound. They look cool. I really like the blade slingers. They're fun. Get a blade slinger. Get a blade slinger. I actually I actually have all at of them except one at bladeslinger.com. I bet there's a bladeslinger.com. How much you want to bet <laughs> if I look up bladeslinger.com? It might be dangerous to go to their website. Yeah, it might be hey, dangerous. It, this Don't. is actually for sale, bladeslinger.com. So if you want bladeslinger.com, you can actually go buy it. So, Mike, jump on this and you can make your website. We should, you can we sell bladeslinger. totally buy bladeslinger.com. We should. I'll reserve it. Devin, do you have a favorite weapon? And is it reserved on the internet? Um, so my favorite weapon in the PTS was the Gravedigger because it was super overpowered and just would melt everything. Um, right bet, now I'm using I bet there is a Gravedigger.com. That's the only uh, legendary weapon that I received out of all the boxes so far. Um, I got plenty of others, but lots of dupes, and they're only masterworks, so they're useless. And... Um, well, that's just rude to say about the masterworks. How do you think they feel when you say call them useless like that? They're inferior we- weapons and products. So, <laughs> okay, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'm not. I mean, it's they're fun to play around with. You know, if you haven't tried, had a chance to play with them, it's fun. You know, but um, when you're already your your weapons that you're using are above those levels, it gives me zero reason to use them except to just check them out, right? So until they're legendary in a higher level than the weapons I already have that are legendary, there's no point of of using them. It, I mean, it's tough to say because I want to use them. I want to be able to have the new weapons be useful to me, but they're just not because of the way their loot system is implemented. And so, and, and I so think this, it, is where, this is where a working crafting system would work, right? If you if you've got these masterwork blueprints and you're able to like go up to legendary via some kind of feat, you have so many kills plus so many materials. I think that's what the what the crafting system should look like. Yeah, that's I mean it, it it would definitely help if you were able to craft legendary weapons. Whether it's like hey, like you said, I've used this weapon for so long, I know how it works, I can make my own, and then you know, scrapping legendaries that aren't worth much, um, you can get those embers and you can start crafting those also. 
Um, so yeah, I think that would, there's a couple things that I think would go a long way to helping the system how it is right now. Um, but first I've actually been able to play with, um, eight of the nine, cause I have, I have eight legendaries. I have one of each except for one of the blade slingers. I got really lucky in some of the boxes that I opened. I opened 20 boxes this morning and I got four, um, legendaries out of it of weapons that I did not have before. And some of them actually had really good rolls. Right. Yeah, so I, I got really lucky. So a lot of people have been talking about Jara's Wrath in chat. Jara's Wrath is, I don't, and I don't know why it's overpowered. In the PTS, it definitely was not. But no, there there was a video on the PTS of um, someone saying, hey, if you feather the trigger using Jara's Wrath instead of just holding it down, for some reason it does more damage. So I've been doing that, and it does a ridiculous amount of damage. Um, I was doing Heart of Rage. I did Heart of Rage um, Grandmaster 3 today just to kind of see. And as you're fighting the monitor, if you do that, it's, it's almost like the game it does not calculate your damage fast enough. <laughs> and I was throwing up a bunch of zeros on the monitor as his health was going down. Just because I think it was like, hey, you're doing too much damage. What's going on here? So that thing is super powerful. Um, and, and at first glance, and I think this is it's really hard to tell when you look at the actual stats of a weapon. It'll say, you know, damage 15,432 or whatever. But I don't know how those numbers even translate to the damage that that weapon actually outputs. It's almost like right. you just have to try it and you have to see what the numbers do. You have to set up a test case and be like, all right, I'm going to go GM3. I'm going to go fight the monitor. It's pretty easy to get to. And I'm going to track what the damage does. Because looking at the damage numbers on the weapon itself, I don't know if that tells us really anything other than, oh, oh that's green. That's red. But with the inscriptions, we're going in, yeah, and no nope. trust those, anyways. So yeah, they don't, that's not proper, anyways. So yeah, so um, there's a couple other. I think the Rainmaker actually has been doing a lot of damage for me. Also, I need to spend a lot of time testing these, just because usually when you're like, all right, I'm going to go in GM3 Cataclysm, you don't feel like you have a lot of time to test because it's a timed event, and three other mm -hmm. people like are counting on you to pull your weight to get more crystals. So I don't know okay. if it, it's a hard. It's a hard, it's a hard, let's see, what's hard? You know what's hard. Um, it's hard to figure out a time when you can like actually test these weapons and feel like, all right, I'm getting something out of it. Because you just kind of want to run the cataclysm and you want to earn those crystals. So I've got to do a lot more testing, but I'm actually having a lot of fun with the weapons. I'm having a good time with them. Um, but to Devin's point, and this is something that we've been talking about a lot. Last week, we talked a lot about the war chest and how we think like the gear chest, the port chest, because those aren't javelin specific, those drop rates aren't very player friendly and it leaves a lot to be desired. So as you go into this week when we have the weapon chest, I mean, it's nice because guess what? Weapons, you can equip any of the weapons across all the javelins and you can probably get something out of it. It's going to increase the power level of every javelin regardless of which one you main. So it that takes a lot of the sting out of opening a legendary that you can't use because this one you can use all the time. So there's been a lot of variants and we've kind of deducted from looking at you know, math on Reddit, math on Twitter, that there's about an 8 to 10% drop rate on these. I'm guessing it's probably a 10% just to have a nice even number. So it's a 10% drop rate to get a legendary. But because of the way RNG works, there's pretty large variances, even from my, like, you know, what is that, uh, 20%? I got a 20% drop rate. Um, yeah. So I got a 20% drop rate this morning and we have people in our discord that have been saying that out of, you know, 200 boxes, they've only gotten three. 
So that's a pretty that's a pretty terrible drop rate. What that's like 1.5. I'm sure if they continue to open up to a thousand boxes, eventually that would even out. But because we're human and we have emotion, like you know, a computer would say, yeah, eventually this will work out to 10 percent, and that's perfect because that's what it's supposed to do. But as a human, you're like, okay, this sucks because I've spent all this time. I've opened 200 boxes. I've only got three legendaries. That hits you hard, and it's like. Have I been wasting my time? And the answer it's is just well, RNG. And, just RNG. and when, when people say it's just RNG, like you know what? That there's a developer behind the screen controlling those numbers. They can say, okay, you know what? And Hearthstone does this. Diablo does this. They have a pity timer. And Hearthstone, you know what? You can open forty packs of Hearthstone cards. If you don't get a legendary card, guess what? You are guaranteed one on that 40th pack. You will get a legendary no matter what. And it makes it so much better for the player knowing that, okay, if I don't get one now, I'm eventually going to get one. And when you hit that, that timer resets, right? But you still have the option and you still have the opportunity with the RNG. You still have that percentage chance of getting another legendary right after that. You know, it's it's not like, okay, well, you got one 40 packs ago. You're not going to get one until another 40. It doesn't work like that. There's a pity timer saying if you did not get it this time, you know, that percentage chance increases just a tiny bit each time until it's like, all right, 100% chance. Here's your box. I think if they did that, you know, 15, 20 boxes in the war chest to get a legendary, that would go such a long way in the player experience. Because it's not just opening box after box after box and be like, come on, when is this going to happen? And then you know what? Mm-hmm. I ran out of stuff. I've got to go back into the cataclysm. And and it, it all it does is really hurt well, the see, event but, but itself. Care, Steve, is that when you when you stop, then your then your probability resets, right? You know, so it's this cycle. If you don't have enough crystals and you don't get a legendary, you go back in. Then you start back at the beginning where you don't have enough crystals and it's... It's really terrible. Well, and, and I think a pity timer would go a long way in improving this experience. And this it's not I even agree. something that's like, you know what, hey, like, I know maybe, you know, our suggestion of Javelin specific war chests is two out there. I'm not a developer. I don't know. I always assume this takes one developer like an hour to do on a Tuesday, right? <laughs> that's just my assumption as someone that all I do is consume the product. Like, you know, just, I don't know. Make an algorithm that says, hey, if you haven't got one in 40 boxes, in 20 boxes, here's a legendary. And that way that player is like, okay, guess what? I know I'm going to get something. I have a chance of getting a legendary. There's a smaller chance that it's, you know, a god roll or, you know, a decent roll. So it's not like it's not like saying, okay, I'm going to get all these. I'm going to be done. Because there's still such variance in the inscriptions of getting a good legendary, getting an okay legendary, or getting that one that's just like completely melting face and all of a sudden you're soloing Grandmaster 3 by yourself, right? So right. It, it's just it's just more player-friendly. And I suggest to everyone that listens, everyone that's like, man, I wish this was different, you know, go to their feedback forums. The only way that they are going to change anything is if they hear from the players and they read that feedback. Like, we can post, and I and we've posted a bunch of this stuff on, on there, and we've written in and we've, you know, given our feedback. But if we're the, you know, and we're not the only ones saying it, but if we're the only ones writing in, it doesn't get heard as much. So I encourage you, use their forums, write in, you know, tell your grandmother to write in also. And, you know, (laughs) because if they don't hear it, if they don't hear the grievances, if it's just, you know, an echo chamber of positivity on the show, 
there's things that are less likely to change, I guess. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how like we can best enact change um, in things that, that we want to see um, improve. But, and I guess that's really the only well, way. Write that, your senator. You do I don't it, know. Steve. You do it. You do it in a constructive way. You don't, you don't state it, you know, you have to be a little bit diplomatic about it because, because you don't just want to hear complaining. And I think this is terrible. You should fix it. I mean, offer a solution, be constructive. There's no reason to call names. There's no reason to, to, you know, accuse um, anyone of, of cheating us out of something because that's not, that's not helpful. We can be, we can be an echo chamber of positivity and we can positively critique a game and say this is really fun here but i think this could be different here and would it increase my experience this way because right now when you open 150 boxes you don't want to come back because there's no reward there and so it, it can be done and it should be done but in a positive way yep i agree Devin, do you have any closing remarks no i've said my feel you know i'm having a good time the boxes make it not fun, but when I'm playing the game, it's, it's a fun game. You know, there's just, we just want it to be better, you know, so. Yep. And that's all we want. I think that's all the community wants. And you know what? If, if someone doesn't ask for it, then it won't change. Right. So we're going to be the people right. that continue to bang that drum. And you know what? The Cataclysm is a great event. And, you know, there's a couple things on the edges that kind of like take a little bit of that fun out of there. Um, I'm interested to see if they're going to do more for the people that hit the top of the leaderboards than just putting them on the community cortex. I think it was pretty cool. It, it would be pretty cool if somehow, somewhere, after the Cataclysm ends, if they're able to put people's names in the game for the Cataclysm. I don't know if they could put it on, like, um, Yarrow's Wall, where there's a bunch of people that have um, died to a bunch of different creatures or whatever in there in the enclave. Oh yeah, it would be pretty be cool. A cool if, spot. Yeah, if they replace some of those some of those little readings in there with with the people's names that have hit those leaderboards, because I think the first two weeks it's the, the same PlayStation um, group has completed it um, and got the high score for two weeks in a row. So it'd be really cool if they shouted out to those people that did that because it's this is their big event. The leaderboards were a big thing. If they immortalize them somewhere in the game, I think that would be pretty rad. So, all right. I think, I think that is it for, unless, do we want to talk about ciphers? Do you guys want me to talk about ciphers a little bit? I mean, we, we could save it till next show. Actually, we're going to have a guest on next show. I think I will double check, but I think we're going to have a guest come on next show. I think, uh, talk to the guest about ciphers. About the cipher. My tongue and it hurt really bad. Should, should I? <laughs> should I, I? I will not say who it is because the last couple times I said that we're going to have a guest that somehow ended up falling through, unfortunately. Not so we are going to have a guest, I hope. And I guess if it happens, it happens. If not, you know, then I won't be called a liar. So, so we'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about ciphers later. But I do want. I'll say this one thing about the ciphers that. Um, because I, I really like the lore, so I'm, I am almost done copying down the entire cortex into a database that is searchable and is usable. I am so close to being done. The only thing I have left are the gear pieces, but I don't know if I want to do all the gear pieces. I don't know if it's that important to put all the gear in that. Um, maybe I'll outsource that. Maybe I'll have someone else do that. But anyway, ciphers, there was a cipher revolution, right? 
So in the early days when ciphers were first discovered, first it was a little girl, right? She started showing powers, reading people's minds, knowing what people are talking about, started freaking people out, right? Like you would. She's a witch. Exactly. Like imagine, okay, so imagine, Mike, you have a 10-year-old kid. All of a sudden he's like reading your thoughts and reading your mind and you can't stop him. Like what would you do, right, if he started doing that? Uh... I don't know what I would do. That's an interesting way to put it. So people, of course, were freaking out. They're like, what do we do? So, um, and this was the daughter of an engineer. So a bunch of arcanists were like, well, how about we take her, we study her. I mean, this was like the Professor X, right? This is the first mutant that they found. This is Professor X can control (laughs) things with their mind. So like, we got to figure out what to do. They start doing tests. They like, you know, she starts connecting with the Anthem of Creation. And we all know like the Anthem of Creation, like when Faye was tapped in at the end, we almost lost Faye to the Anthem, right? She had full bore. She was like, she was in it. If, if she was, if she was an EA sport, she was in the game. So she's tapped into the Anthem of Creation. We almost lose her. And, like, I don't know how she was saved. Halleck saved him because it's Halleck, and, you know, we all know who Halleck is. Halleck is now a glorified weatherman watching out for the storm, but whatever. So, anyway, the first ever cipher gets lost in the Anthem of Creation. They were trying to figure out what she could do, what she couldn't do, and they just took it right to the edge, and she was lost into the Anthem, never to be seen from again. A lot of ciphers that go into the anthem have claimed that they have seen the first cipher there, kind of ushering them back if they get too far, if they start hearing the song of the anthem. They have um, a couple ciphers have said, hey, you know, the cipher was here, the first cipher guided us back, right? So then we start hearing all kinds of um, reports about other ciphers that have been popping up. So they create a school. Like, we need to train these people. We need to get them to learn, you know, how to communicate. This is going to change. It changes a ton. It changes the way people communicate. It changes the way freelancers um, and the... Let's see, we've got the freelancers, and then we've got the sentinels, and we've got the paladins. It changes the way that they go out and do their business because it's now it's so much safer if a freelancer has a cipher in their head to tell them, hey, you know, this is really dangerous, or hey, this is where this bomb is going to lie, or hey, there's an echo over here. So ciphers change everything. Ciphers start, they start making the amplifier chair, start being able to get that signal out a lot farther, and then there is a cipher revolution because... Cypher's rights were being taken advantage of, and they didn't like that. And they just kind of like brush over this whole Cypher revolution that we have. There's like one mention of it in the entire Cortex, then it's completely gone. Like, what kind of revolution was this? Where like Cypher's like on strike and they just stopped helping people? If that happened, then communication between all the outposts probably died. You know, being able to fix things in the field, that was gone. I mean, take like this... It's like if the if all of our cell phones stopped working. I mean, that's really what it's like. Your cell phones stop working for a day. You know what happens to the world if that happens? Mike, you can't oh, talk. You can't talk world, with your kids. Uh, people would stop. Yeah. <laughs> would not know how people to live. Would go crazy. The world would. The world would end. I don't know if the world would end, but people would lose their minds. Yeah, I'm like losing my mind just thinking about it. And my phone's like just right here. <laughs> but so I mean, I mean, in in that sense, like. If the cipher stopped, that's what would happen. I mean, that's a bunch of people would die. If freelancers would be dying, sentinels would be dying because there's no way to, hey, there's an Ursix right behind you. Didn't know if you knew that. So, anyway, so they start creating these schools. I, I really want to know more about the, um, 
about the revolution and act and actually like how that happened, what happened. And then after that, we have a, they get expanded rights. They get freedom to choose their abilities and how they were used. I'm guessing Corvus probably. They get a vote. They, I don't know. You know what? You know what's scary though, Devin is like, you know, the ciphers could like rig anything, right? They could like, if someone has a link, because a cipher has to have a link, they have to have a code in order to talk to people. But these are like, these are like super powerful people that can affect change. They can probably make people see things, unfortunately, just like the monitor was able to project himself, like force ghost himself, wherever he was from. And then we walk through it and we say that famous line, get glitched, right? That was a super cool (laughs) way to use that. Um, So then they start making schools, right? They start like training um, people how to do this. Faye went to like the Harvard of Cypher School and she got super bored. And that's why she ended up in Fort Tarsus because she wanted some adventure. Owen went to like the community college. I want adventure in the great wide somewhere. I want it more than I can tell. Sorry. (coughs) No, you can keep going. I was going to let you finish. I wasn't going to interrupt. No, I'm done. Okay. So, and then Owen goes to the community college of Cypher School. He's like, you know, whatever he does and betrays us. Like, curse your inevitable betrayal. (laughs) So, he betrays us. And, you know, the Cyphers have also been reported that they are getting stronger. Did we betray him? Both. So, Cyphers have been reported (laughs) of getting stronger each and every generation. They're able to project their influence farther and farther. So, Cyphers are getting stronger. Um... And it's just helping everyone. So, you know what? Ciphers are cool. Ciphers, unfortunately, only some of them can be Lancers slash Ciphers. The Monitors, that's a group of people from the Dominion that are able to do that. Some Ciphers have tried, just like Owen. He tried to fly a Javelin. That did not work because of sensory overload. It's hard to it's hard to fly a Javelin when you can, you know, hear the beat of a butterfly's wing 400 kilometers away. So, anyway... Ciphers are really interesting. We'll do a deeper dive into ciphers if that wasn't deep enough, Mike. Deeper dive. Yeah, this was just like scratching the surface of ciphers. Bit. Yeah. So sorry, I rambled on. I I really like the lore of Anthem as I read more and more really? of it. Yeah. Did you Did you not know? I can talk to you more about it. Let me tell you about. No, I'm not no, going to tell you about that. No, We're going to end the show. There is a mute button. So I will end this because I've been rambling, rambling on too long about the ciphers, which are cool. You know, I don't know how they can fix radios out in the field without us touching them, but they can. So whatever. So guys, freelancers, everyone, ciphers, freelancers, sentinels, all you people, thank you for tuning in to episode 101, <laughs> the episode where we just finally just give up and say whatever we want. All right. Um, you can find us at Freelancer Codex at Gmail. We want every episode. What are you talking about? It's true. Um, so stop talking while I'm talking, Devin. Mess up everything. <laughs> so you can go if you want to write into the show. You can do that at FreelancerCodex at Gmail dot com. Send us an email. You can call into the show and leave us a sweet voicemail, like a cipher would leave yeah. you. And you can do that at five zero five three eight six seven nine one seven. And until next time, I think there is still a cataclysm on the horizon, and we will see you on the other side. Peace. Later. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Freelancer Codex, on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or through email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Join the Discord through the link provided at freelancercodex.com. Our show will always be free, but if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Stephen Lamson, 
at mlanson25, at neverfear, and at jdthejokedealer. Freelancers, it's time to get to work.